Hi, my name is Terry Rusamano. I am the intake manager at the Colony of Mercy. And today I just wanted to share with you a little bit about intervention and what that looks like, how to go about doing that, and hopefully to shed some light on that for you and your loved ones. Um, intervention or, into, or to intervene before a catastrophic event happens. I'm going to start out with Psalm 107, verses 2 through 7. Let the redeemed of the Lord proclaim that he has redeemed them from the power of the foe and has gathered them from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in the desolate wilderness, finding no way to a city where they could live. They were hungry and thirsty. Their spirits failed within them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He rescued them from their distress. He led them by the right path to go to a city where they could live. So intervention is intended for the family that has tried absolutely everything else and they feel totally helpless in their situation. It provides an organized and non-confrontational event that consists of family, friends, a pastor, and or an interventionist with genuine love and concern for their loved one. The process interrupts that destructive events of addiction on their loved one's life and on theirs as well. It provides a motivation for change, not intimidation, control, manipulation, or humiliation. Hope of an intervention is to help that loved one admit and surrender to the help and guidance that is being offered. Intervention is a priceless gift. The family has to stop caring for their loved one and start showing how much they care about them. John 13:34 says, love one another as I have loved you. It is about unconditional love for the loved one. We are to love as Jesus loved. Uh, it confronts the loved one with truth and love and gives them an opportunity to respond to that love. The loved one needs more than sobriety. They need a new life free from the bonds of addiction. Life transformed is a new creation in 2 Corinthians 5.17. In John 8.44, when Satan lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of all lies. Addiction is a breeding ground for these lies. Satan takes full advantage. Intervention exposes those lies, bringing them from the darkness to the light, hereby destroying its power and its deceit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1, pray without ceasing. This is so incredibly important. The whole process must be bathed in prayer by all participants. Our goal of intervention is to motivate the loved one to seek help immediately by breaking down their defenses. Our goal is a plan of recovery. To destroy the enabling system of the family, to make the family aware of um, addiction facility resources for them, and then the conspiracy of silence is broken. Intervention is truly about love. There's some options. The family can do nothing. Nothing changes when nothing changes or they can intervene. 
there's a risk involved. Really, reality is that the relationship is already badly damaged. Everything changes after intervention. There is a power shift from the loved one to those that are gathered. Intervention begins with just one phone call, a very difficult phone call, but one phone call. It is life-changing. One out of 10 who call actually follow through with the intervention. After intervention, nine out of 10 of those loved ones get help. They get treatment. 65% of those that participate in an intervention go directly into treatment. The other 25% go in the weeks that follow. In conclusion, it is harder to get a family member to make that first phone call than it is to get a loved one to surrender. After the intervention phone call, pray. Seek the Lord's guidance, his strength, each and every way with every decision. We can help set up a plan. We will contact a detox. We will contact a rehabilitation long-term center. We'll help you with support groups and counseling. Contact employers, insurance information. Uh, find out about legal issues. We will ask a multitude of questions so we know what that plan looks like and help you through that. Then you need to determine who's gonna take part in this. We need a minimum of two loving, caring people that are deeply involved with your loved one. And then we're gonna ask you to write a few letters. The first letter is just gonna be a letter of love and concern. You're gonna start with some personal memories, your relationship with your loved one. You're also gonna talk about the problems, the facts, the things that you witnessed, what you felt, what you experienced during this time because of this addictive behavior. You're also gonna take this time to encourage them to accept the opportunity that you are presenting to them. It is a plea for them to get help and treatment. There is no anger, there is no judgment. It is just purely you sharing your heart your acknowledgement and your commitment of ceasing all enabling that you may be doing. And you're gonna end the letter confirming your love and your care for this loved one. At this point, we're just gonna pray specifically that the loved one would heed to this and be willing to go into treatment. However, if they're not, then there is a second letter that we you will prepare that you would then read and in this letter, you're going to encourage your loved one again to please reconsider their decision to reject offer for treatment. <clears throat> you are going to acknowledge that it is their decision and go over the descriptions and the choices that you are prepared to make if they do choose not to go to detox and to a long-term facility. There should be consequences that will be significant some of them would be that they would have to leave your home, that they're not permitted around family functions anymore. Things that you need to protect yourself and your family from. There'll be financial situations and emotional situations during this time. 
These consequences are not a punishment. We'll help you walk through that. Participants that are involved should know what is in their power to do and what is not. They cannot control or make their loved one change their behavior. Only God can do that. Some of the words to use uh, while you're talking about these letters is just to share completely how angry or frustrated or rejected, bewildered, fearful, hopeless, tired, afraid, overwhelmed, miserable, embarrassed, guilty, apathetic, anxious, worried, and the list goes on and on and on how this affects others. You're going to end with these letters with the reiteration that you will be supportive and encouraging, patient and kind as they heal in recovery. This will take some time. The loved one has three decisions at this point that they can make. The one that we pray for is, okay, I will go. And at that point, you just move quickly, say your goodbyes and go on to the next step, which would be detox. The next reply they could have is, I'm really not sure. Let me think about this. Give them about five or 10 minutes. They're gonna have some excuses. They're gonna worry about legal issues. They're gonna worry about leaving their job, but we can let them know that we've already taken care of that and that the Lord is gonna go before them. The third answer is no. And then that is when that second letter will be written or read. Intervention is never a failure. Power shift will take place, and now all the tricks are out in the open. Intervention is not a quick fix, nor a guarantee. It's a hope for an encounter with God. Deuteronomy 31.8, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you, nor forsake you neither be dismayed. This is Deuteronomy 31.8. Thank you. We can be reached here at the Colony of Mercy at 848-227-4591. My extension is 1046. And if you're looking to reach out for Barber's Place, that extension is 1071. Thank you.